Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs and it is a gorgeous weekend and uh, and no thunder boomers last night. The 0% chance, which was nice and it looks good for the next few days. So uh, it's going to be hot. So keep your plants hydrated as long and yourself as well. Get out, do the heavy work in the morning. If you plan on uh, laying some sod or moving a shrub or doing some digging, do it early in the morning when it's nice and cool, and then do your watering later on in the afternoon when you can cool yourself off with that water as well. And that's the one important thing that we want to do right now is make sure going into a heat uh, spell that we're going into is ensuring that you water your trees very well. Long, slow, deep watering. Um, Soaker hoses are awesome for, for your trees and shrubs. And if you'd like to call in, phone lines are wide open right now, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And again, those are the talk and text lines. Got a few things uh, to chat about, as well as uh, we had an emergency um, call yesterday in our printed up division. A great big 30, 40 foot spruce tree got hit by lightning and uh, our our manager of the pruned up mark, he goes, there's no one else that can go do that. So he, he strapped on the gear and got himself up there and, uh, and but it's interesting watching what, what he had to do and uh, he strapped the tree all together, like with about eight straps to make sure because it split right down the middle after the lightning hit it and uh it was just, it was pretty cool. Just strapped it all up, climbed up, takes it down in his pieces, and uh, and away he goes. And uh, where are we at? Where, where are we at? Uh, producer guy, you got to just check for calls. Thanks. You got to, sorry about that. Got a new gentleman in on the on the board there, so he'll make sure that he's uh, getting your calls there. He'll get you up and put you on the board. And, uh, and, uh, First time on the gardening show, so there'll be lots of people calling them this morning. We'll try and keep them busy. And where are we at? Can I cut these long stems off my Nicotiana to deadhead, or will it bloom again? I'm just going to pull it up. Yeah, if they're if they're totally done to the top, just pull them right off, um, and you can cut them down to like cut six, eight inches off. And right now is super important to deadhead all your plants. Like when you're seeing all those dead flowers on there, just cut, just cut them right back and uh, cut off the dead blooms. And then that'll encourage a lot more reblooming. And also if you got hit by hail or something like that, unfortunately, I know it hits, it's been hitting all different parts of the town. And it was pretty wild there a couple nights ago in the Southeast, just watching that, um, clouds swirl around and just on the north side of the 22 acts i know through sundance and all that they got hit by hail and then heading east and then also just watching the planes fly through the clouds and uh and doing that seeding of the hail which is pretty cool so anyways pretty cool stuff going on and uh just hopefully uh, we can control some of that other stuff we have a non-fruit-bearing spring snow. It has black spots on it. It is two years. What are the spots? Um, we get lots of that, and it's just it's just uh, those leaves in our conditions in Alberta with their cool nights, a little bit of water on them, 
Um, don't worry too much. We get a lot, like almost all of them. You're not going to get perfect foliage in Alberta. It, it, it's tough. There's a few leaves that um, will keep perfect throughout the summer, but a lot of them, you're going to get little dots. And a lot of it is this our variation in temperature and the, the heavy rains that we do get that go through. And that will affect your the foliage on your leaves, unfortunately. And some of the worst ones are um, ivory silk lilacs or the Japanese tree lilac. They get sort of the nasty leaves. A lot of the crab apples get little spots on them. And for the most part, I wouldn't worry about it. Um, you see leaves curling and things like that. You can um, look at uh, either caterpillars or, or certain funguses. But for the most part... You're going to see a little bit here and there, and uh, and they're not going to be too bad. But I think we're we're good on the phone lines now, so if you want to uh, give her a try back, I know a couple people were trying to call 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770, and uh, those are the talk and text. And here's uh, Dwight, I believe, yeah, sent in a couple pictures. He has some... Uh, he likes to. He's growing the cannabis plants, and he has some gorgeous ones that are just going into huge bud. Um, well, it looks pretty cool. Love those plants. They're kind of unique looking, and they're not as easy to grow as uh, as some people think. I would say they're not. They don't grow like a weed. They're they're a little bit temperamental. So, and uh, what else? Tomatoes. I had a couple questions last week regarding tomatoes when the leaves are curling up. So I experienced the same thing. And a lot of it is as they're growing larger and larger, um, they're they inconsistent watering. So I'm trying to be more as my root ball got used up, like in the big 20-inch pot, the soil, you need to water sort of every morning. It's just when they dry out, they'll, the leaves start curling up on you a bit. So it's just, again, that fill the pot right up. Make sure you soak it three or four times. Um, keep it fairly moist. But you can't keep them too wet. That's always the tricky part. So on these warm days, I don't hesitate to water every morning, give them a good shot. They'll dry out. It's it's going to be warm. And then also when they get root bound like this, you also want to be doing some fertilizing in the in your pots. And especially for tomatoes, all your annuals and things like that, they definitely become heavy feeders. They've used up all the nutrients in the pots and... And uh, and and will be hungry to to feed to give you those flowers and all that other fun stuff. And where are we at here? Schubert's. We have a Schubert choke cherry. It has been dropping its leaves for a month. Why? Um, the only thing I can think of is possibly we've had some heat. It's just excessively dry. That's typically why plants they go into their they put their defense mechanism in place and then they um, they'll shut down certain things if they start getting dry. So, all right, I'm going to try and take a call here that we have on hold. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm not too sure who it is. Hello there. Hi, caller one. Actually, you just need to type the name and stuff in for me. Sorry. I'm just going to put you back on hold. And I'm going to take a break right now, and I'll just chat uh, with a producer, and uh, and we'll get this all sorted out. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Just hit my mic. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines. I'm going to chat with Leslie here right off the bat. Good morning, Leslie. Hi, Leslie. Leslie? No? Hello, Leslie? Huh. Not too sure what's going on there with that one. With the phone, let me try. I'll try one more. I'll throw up to Shannon. Good morning, Shannon. No. Uh, none of these are working for me. I'm not too sure what's going on. All right. I'll put you back on hold. And I'm just going to answer a couple questions that I'm getting on the text line because I can't seem to get through on the phone lines. So I'm not too sure what's going on. All right. It says here, hi, my husband is pretty obsessed with the grass. Any ideas what's happening to here? Um, that looks like you're getting some cinch bugs and uh, and they're getting it in there. So we do have some nematodes that you can, so what I do is scratch those dead spots away and, uh, and then you can apply the nematodes in there or a pure spray green. Also, if you could, um, if you're not using our fertilizer as well, the Green It Up Lawn Fertilizer will make a big difference on that. Um, and uh, we should be able to help you get that cleared up. Because those are, yeah, you get some bigger nasty spots happening. And it's just a grub or a, like a bug gets in there and it chews the roots away. So you just need to uh, uh, treat them with that. Maybe I'll try one more time with the hail damage. Maybe Leslie. Leslie. Hello. Yep. Hi, I'm here. Hi, Leslie. How can I help you? <laughs> Good morning, Merle. So a few weeks ago, I, I had sent in a picture of my beautiful ferns and hostas. Yeah. No longer looking beautiful after the hailstorm the other night. Yeah. Um, so my, obviously, my hostas suffered a lot of damage. And um, I'm just wondering, like, it's pretty extensive. Should I cut yes. it right back? Yeah, I would cut most of that damage stuff right off. And it'll start sending, because right now it's going to use all that energy trying to revive that old foliage. Right. There's not going to be a whole lot left. That's okay, but the root's nice and healthy, which is more important, especially if it's an older one or even a younger hosta. All that energy is still going to be in the roots, so it's going to just use all that energy to send up new foliage. It knows it's been decimated by hail. Yeah. So it's, so, so it. It, with us gardeners, we can help the, our plants by removing a bunch of that that uh, dead foliage or ripped up foliage, and and let the plant concentrate on new growth. You might also want to give it a shot of like twenty twenty twenty. Okay, um, I did just, just fertilize last week. Should I do it again this week, then? Uh, it wouldn't hurt it. It, it wouldn't okay. hurt it because it's going to need it um, going okay. into that, and especially going into this heat. You'll see some really good growth because um, okay. the it'll want to just. Like push up, so just uh, if there's a little smaller leaves in the bottom, just pull the big, the real big shredded. Leave a couple leaves on it, but not much. Yeah. Okay. And then for the ferns, they're they're pretty shredded as well. Yeah. Um. Should I? Cut yeah. back a lot of them. Yeah, a lot of the just burns. yeah, just cut them right down. Like just go like two or three inches and just cut them right off the ground if they're oh, okay. shredded like that. Yeah, and same well, thing, they're... they'll shoot out a whole bunch. Honestly, with probably within two weeks, you'll barely notice that. Like they'll plants recover quite quickly. Like these are the 
these ferns are huge. <laughs> like, so if I cut them back, there's not going to be. Yeah, like you're saying, just, but okay. if they're all this shredded and damaged, they just look. Yeah, yeah. so you're yeah. you're better off just to cut them right off, and okay. uh, and that way, like I said, the plant's not wasting its energy on old stuff. Right, okay. it, it's going to push all new growth for you. Especially like petunias, it's just like deadheading. Um, right. The plants, they can then they think they need to rebloom, right? So if you leave all the dead fl- blooms on your flowers and stuff, the plant think, oh, I, I've done my job, I've 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 created seeds, I've uh, I've done everything I need to do, and then they stop blooming. But if you keep pulling the pulling the leaves or pulling the flowers off, deadheading, the plant thinks I got to keep going. <laughs> that, yeah. I haven't I haven't done my job yet. I haven't produced any seeds, so. Right, right. Okay. So, yeah, all right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a nasty cycle we live in. Um, I know I was dreading it the other night, though. It was swirling just to the north of our house, and uh, I finally have some big uh, um, canna lilies that are just huge foliage. I'm just like ah, <laughs> like, but we were very fortunate that just went to the, just to the the north of us, but. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I I really wish some some very creative um, inventors out there would invent something well, that would work no. on maybe like a sensor or something because we can't always be home. Yeah, nice to have a little app that have little activated <laughs> umbrellas that you could have yeah. on a stick on your pots, right? You just hit the app and then a little umbrella pops out yeah. and. But yep. with some of those storms we've been having lately, I don't even think the. <laughs> the umbrellas would have helped on some of those ones. It tr- seemed to shred right through anything. So Yeah, I know. We almost need like a really heavy-duty awning to just slide over top. Really yeah, no, it's uh, um, one of the best things, though, is even if, if anybody is home, like even just towels, like a fabric rather than a plastic, um, just if you can throw over a light towel or something over top of your flowers, that makes a big difference. So Yeah, unfortunately, a lot of us can't be home, though. No, right? no, that's for that's sure. Problem. All, All right. right. Well, Thank you, Merle. All right, thank you so much. Take care, Leslie. You too. Let, let me know how that goes. Yeah. Uh, just care, take a picture today and then take a picture in a couple of weeks and let's see oh. what see what it does. All right. All right, I will thanks. Do that. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. And I'm going to go up to B. Good morning, B. Good morning. How can I help you? Well, I live in Lethbridge. Okay. And we have to replace a flowering um, ornamental crab tree that got a blight. Yep. And we have a limited space. It's it's in a rock garden with numerous grasses and potentellas and sort of th- perennials like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I want something that does not sucker. Okay. <laughs> I want something that's hardy and that grows fairly... Fairly um, narrow? E- exactly. Yep. You know what? And there's another... Like, there is a really good ornamental crab called a gladiator. And it it's fairly disease resistant. It doesn't get any of the blights. Um, it's columnar shaped, so it grows in a nice vase shape. It's um, crimson colored leaves, so the bronze reddish leaves. Gorgeous pink flowers early spring, and just very small minimal fruit. Just enough like for birds and stuff to eat. They're great. They're one of my favorite tr- trees. Like a disc, they work in so many of the new yards. They're they're big enough to give a statement, but they're not overpowering. Like they're not like a big old dog old crab or something like that. So oh, and there's one in white. You can either um, that or the Rosthern is another um, good. Um, one with white flowers, or the starlight is the other one. 
Okay, so what was the middle one again? I got the gladiator. The Rosthern, R-O-S-T-H-E-R-N. And is that also a crab? Yes, these are all ornamental crabs. Okay. Uh, just for your columnar, I like those. Um, they just they work really well. Another couple of ivory silk lilac is nice. It, it, it's not a huge, it, it's that it gets that vase shape as well. Uh-huh. So those are a couple ones that I would recommend that are nice and hardy and that will grow. Or if you even want to, if you want to get some fruit, you can go into like the Paul pear or a couple of the pear trees or any of the, the romance series, um, apple or I mean, ch- sorry, the romance series cherries. Okay. Um, they're the sour cherries, but they're actually really quite good. And what was the name of the pear tree again? Um, there's either John or Paul Pears. Down in your area, Lethbridge, near Coldale, I think the guy uh, down there, there's a couple. There's some down there that are called John Pears, or and there's okay. Paul Pears. Those are ones I find that are hardiest and produce the most realistic fruit for Alberta. Okay. Um, otherwise, it's uh, it, it, it's a tougher one. Either way, you get those tiny little year pears and a couple yeah. of the other ones. Yeah. Now... Different tree altogether. Yeah. Somebody recommended a linden tree. Yep, they're but they're a little bit bigger. Okay, but they're they're actually a really gorgeous tree as well, and grow really well down in your area. Okay, um, I don't mind if the top gets kind of bigger, but I just need a small sort of a narrow. Yep, and lindens would do that as well. Like they're okay. they're a great tree. Alrighty, well, thank you. But those you are your so biggest much. canopy and um, the other ornamental crabs and the ivory silks that I mentioned. They're just a great all purpose tree for most um, suburban yards nowadays. So they'll fit in and do great. Okay, well, all right. I certainly appreciate your help. Yeah, our, our, my pleasure. And, uh, and uh, let me know how that goes. All right, I'll thank do you. that. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, it looks like I got time for one more. Before, where are we? I'm going to go up to Shannon. Good morning, Shannon. Good morning. How are you today? Good, good. How can I help you? Well, uh, we're having some repair work done, and I have a white pyramid flock that's about three feet tall and probably just as wide yeah. that, unfortunately, I'm going to have to move, and I'm concerned. I just don't want to kill it. It's my favorite plant. When are you moving it? Well, I was thinking today, but... Uh, it depends on your answer. It's just starting to get a few little buds on it. It hasn't flowered yet. Yeah, it's not ideal to move any of those right now like that. Mm. Um, so, but if you do have to move it, which sometimes you do, yes. do it early in the morning. Okay. So I'd even wait till tomorrow morning. Water it really well today. Okay. And then first thing, get up early in the morning, like 6 in the morning, something nice when it's still cool. Mm-hmm. Have your whole, are you moving it somewhere in the house? Or, I mean, in the yard there? Yes, Sorry. Yes, I'm just going to put it in a, a different spot. Yep, so just yep. pre-dig that hole. And this dig is, get as big a clump as you can. Like, so go all the way around it, like a foot around it, and sort of dig a nice clump. Have a little tarp beside the hole mm-hmm. that you're digging. Um, then prop it out, pull out as much of a root ball as you can, push it onto the tarp, slide it over to the new hole, and uh, and then put it back into that one. And you should be fine if you can get a nice big root ball like that. And then you can use uh, like a 105210 on it for a transplant, or Rage Plus is great for that as well. Does Rage Plus expire? Because I have some... It's a Not few. really. No. As long as it stayed cool, didn't really freeze. It's... Uh, 
Yeah, it, it, it's an organic, like it's a, it's a mishmash of <laughs> back guano and a bunch of other fun stuff, seaweed and okay. so. And should I cut some of the foliage down on the flock um, first or not? Uh, I, it's pretty big. I, I would try to see if you can do it with a... That's why I want you to hydrate it as much as possible. Okay. If it was in really poor shape, typically I would say yes, like with potentillas and things like that, shrubs. If they're not looking great, I cut them right down to the ground before I move them uh-huh. and then move them and then let them go from there. But it sounds like you're just about to hit the glory. And uh, yes. so, <laughs> so if we can save that, if you get a big enough thing and you do it when it's cool... And then just rehydrate it when it's planted in there. I, I have a good shot that you'll be fine. Oh, I hope so because it's my—it's been there for about thirty years and it's All right. glorious. All right, I gotta go. Oh, okay. I can put you on hold if you want. I actually had one. Okay, I'll uh, put you on hold here. Okay, I gotta take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, Calgary's full-service garden center. Spruce it up, green it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And I'm going to go back up to Shannon. She had one more question. Good morning, Shannon. Hi. Thank you for putting me on hold. No worries. I was just wondering, uh, would it be too traumatizing to move that flock back in next spring? Um, no, that's even better. Like if you just mark where it, oh, you want to move it back to the same spot? Yes. If it survives, you could. Um, you could try that. Would it be too hard on the plant? Well, no, not really, because it's if you're getting a good root ball, like they can, you don't want to be moving them all the time, especially something that's big and established like that. Yes, of course. But if you if that's something that you'd prefer to get into a different spot, you could definitely move it back there if if that would help. All right, I appreciate your help. Thank yeah, you very see much. See how the first one does. Yeah, and... I, uh, I'm going to be praying. All right. <laughs> Thank you very uh, yeah. much. And just Rage oh. Plus is a good one for that, like or the 105210. But how often should I do that? I would do it every four to five days. Like just make sure you water it in, and then give it a good, couple good shots of Rage Plus. Sort and then of. Then maybe use a soaker hose on it, or yeah, absolutely. All day, or well, it's going to be nice and really hot, so not all day, but just just make sure you just hydrate it very well. All right. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Bye bye. Bye bye. Yeah, it's always hard, especially moving when you get into the heat of this uh, of the summertime, which we finally are going to receive, and uh, and uh, and then if you want to move your trees and shrubs and perennials, it, it is tough at this time of year on them. So I'm going to go to Deanne. Good morning, Deanne. Morning. How can I help you? I am calling about uh, an elm tree in my front yard, mm-hmm. and uh, I'd say it's about as old as my house, which is about 24 years, and I've had it that long, and I've never had this problem before, but it seems to be giving off a sap-like substance, or it's very sticky. I don't think it's actually sap, because it washes yeah, off. Yeah, when you look in up in the leaves, like in some of the clusters, does it look like there's some things clustering in there? Like, right this time of year is when... Um, elms tend to get lots of aphids. Yes, I noticed that as and well. And that's what that is. That's sort of the aphid pee in the, <laughs> for lack of a better word. But it only seems to be in certain spots. Yeah, no, and it'll be where the clusters of uh, more of the aphids are, and they're just drip. So. So is there, 
like it's not anything that will kill the tree. Well, it, it, it isn't good. You should try to treat them like if you can spray up into it with a uni nozzle, you can use pure spray green. Pure spray green. Okay. Yeah. And you, but you need to do it every five days, like for three or four weeks in a row. Oh, okay. Because, and if you, well, you need, and it depends how high up it is, is, uh, and even just a really good uni nozzle on the end of your hose, like get in there and give it a spray first with that, and then go in and spray it with the pure spray green. And I can pick that up at your garden center? Yes, you can. Okay. So uh, every. Every five, five days, days, yeah, for three weeks in a row, like for, so five days, 10 days, 15 days sort of thing, so. So if, um, like, if I wouldn't treat it this year, will it come back like that? Um, it, it, it'll, like, what it is, is they just get infested in that area, and so they lay their eggs, and they become used to being in there. It's really hard on your tree, because yeah. it takes all the nutrients away, so it. It, it is better to treat it so that way the tree isn't getting beat up like that. It's just sucking all the nutrients out of it yeah, and takes I, away all the foliage. So I was just wondering because I will be going away in August for... Uh, yep, so I would just start, give it a good spray right away here. Like if you started today or tomorrow and just every five days you have a couple of times to get it. At least you get it under control. Okay. All right? All right, thanks so much for your help. You're very welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. For a couple of commercials, you're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And actually, I have a good hint here um, to help prevent hail damage. Um, this caller or texter says, I have fine netting over all my outdoor plants. It lets the sun through and lets the rain through, but when the hail, it just collects it and it doesn't damage the plants. That's a good idea. You can get that really fine with the small holes um, netting. So if you are going away over the over the week or if you're going to work, or if you, if, there's a, if they say there's a risk of those thunderstorms, you might want to throw a little netting over top and... Uh, and uh, that will help protect your plants. That, that's a good idea. So appreciate the the tips and things like that that we get when people uh, share with us their gardening successes and and maybe things that didn't work out. So the rest of us won't do the same thing. But right now I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Marty. Good morning, Marty. Morning, Merle. How are you? Good. And you? Good. Good. How can I help you? Well, I had Marco last week. We were looking at uh, my Coleman or aspen trees in my Schubert choke cherry tree. Okay. And it has iron deficiency. So last year they did an injection. So he recommended that I use um, Green It Up 202020 20, and then the 7% iron shell weight. Yeah. I forgot to ask him, how much do I pour onto those trees in regards to that? Well, how big are they? They're, well, the column, the aspens are probably about 20 years old, so they're... Fairly big. So on those, I'd probably use like two or three five-gallon pails per okay. application. And the choke cherry is probably about the same thing. It, it has a... Uh, I'd probably use more for that. I'd probably, so that one probably five, sort of go around the drip line sort of thing. If you go every four or five feet sort of thing, you know? Okay. Around the drip line, sort of do three step, three good steps. And how and, many gallons of that then? Um, each one, so it depends on a tree like that, probably 25 to 30 gallons. Oh, okay. Yeah. And okay. you get quite a bit out of the out of the water soluble, so. And, and well, that, so I've got hostas, I have bee balm. Uh, perfect for all that. That's okay? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. okay. And um, ornamental rhubarb. Yep. 
usually it flowers off or has some kind of a cane growing out of it. Yeah, usually. out of the center. Yeah, um, we've had it for two years. We have it in a raised bed. Uh, it doesn't seem to flower. Is it better on the ground? Um, is it still, are you getting lots of leaves and all that? Yeah, we're getting lots of leaves. I mean, it got pounded the other day and, and cramped <laughs> with the hail and the wind. Yeah. Um, but is it better on the ground? Because we haven't seen anything shoot off it in the last couple of years. Um, sometimes that means that, like, on, especially on a rhubarb, it, it really, it likes where it's at too, though, right? Because sometimes rhubarbs go to seed too quickly. Sometimes when they're not really happy, they think they need to reproduce right away. Okay. So... If you're getting the big leaves and that, and I know I'm just thinking of the variety, a lot of them, the flowers aren't the most attractive anyways, right? You want the big foliage and, and they're like, the rhubarb doesn't have, it's not a great flower. Right. And that turns color in the fall, right? Yeah. So I would just, if you're getting great foliage, I think I'd be kind of happy because sometimes when they bloom, um, it kind of, then the foliage starts deteriorating. So, so I think I would, uh, I'd kind of be happy with what you're doing and on that one. Yeah, because you know what I mean. Like when they when you see a rhubarb plant bloom again, it sort of thinks it's done its job, it's reproduced, it's done some seed, and then the sort of the plant starts shutting down after that. Okay. Um, so if you're not getting that, I think it's in a happy spot and it's getting everything it needs and it's just producing that nice big foliage and that's okay. good. Okay, we'll leave it there. And can I put one more application of uh, green it up fertilizer on this year on the grass? Absolutely. Yeah. No, and this is the, we wait, we usually do one right now. I don't know if you're on your second or third. Um, second. Typically we do th- three and then you do one in the fall, light one. So you start out with the full strength in the early spring, yep. um, ha- a third of off in the summer, and then one third less again in the fall. Okay, perfect. All righty. Appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Yeah, and it's, uh, I know I just did mine a week and a half ago or so, and it just, uh, it's so green right now. It looks so good. It's just not, I have not had to spray or pull one dandelion all summer, and uh, it's been working great for that, so which is uh, really, really quite nice. And I'm going to go to John. Good morning, John. Well, good morning. How are you doing, sir? Great, great, great. Good, good. What's up? Yeah. Uh, Thank you that person for texting you about the row covering. Mm-hmm. Do you have any material like yeah, that on there? We, we actually have the whole kit. Um, okay. Yeah, so it, it's the row cover with the little hoops, so you sort of, so you can put the hoops in, sort of like, they look like big croquet hoops. You know? Okay, I've seen that. <laughs> yeah. And I then was wondering just... about the uh, seven foot wide by 50 feet. You don't have rolls of that, do you? Yeah, no, we have like we have frost blanket that you could use for that for sure. Uh, is that porous type or? Yeah, nope. The water still gets through it. Oh. So, or you could lay your soaker hose underneath it. What are you covering up, John? Well, I, I'm looking at the uh, the uh, extra heavy rain and hail. Yeah. And uh, in the fall for the frost. Yeah, yeah, the frost blanket's the best. So just if you get that uh, the rolls of the of that frost blanket we have, you'll be set. And if you have smaller like wings, we we do have the row covers that prevent the the little fly on the carrots and all that stuff. It comes in a kit, and it has the. And now's the time to do that because right now you're starting all those carrots and everything are in full full force. So um, covering them up to help prevent um, any of that damage is good. Yeah, because I was looking at, uh, like, the two big boxes I have. I, I was going to put them under one hoop and uh, enclose the whole thing. 
Yeah. And yeah. what you can do is even just get some thicker irrigation pipe or even some of that conduit, like like half-inch conduit that bends pretty easy, and you can use that as your hoops, you know? Well, I'm using the three-quarter. Oh, yep. Yeah. No, if that bends nice, that's perfect. And then yeah. I just sort of pound rebar in the ground. and Oh, yeah. And then the then that way the the, the pipe in it yeah and then the pipe just slides over top of your rebar right and then it holds it in place that's another way yep and the other thing I've got my snap peas they are about a foot above my uh, top uh, screen okay will they kind of look after themselves or should I put another row of uh, screen up there. Uh, you maybe want to put another row of screen because otherwise they'll just start flopping over. These suckers are going, it's going about a, a foot every 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> are you getting lots of blooms? Unbelievable. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. That's okay, good to hear. And my potatoes, they haven't started to, fly, uh, to bloom yet. They should be soon here. This heat will help all of our stuff get going. Okay. Yeah, and this uh, next two weeks... Yeah, next two weeks we should start seeing all the fruits of our labor. Okay, and you mentioned today or this week would be a good time to do that uh, half fertilizing. Yeah, yep. to knock another third off the amount yeah. on the greened up lawn fertilizer, absolutely. Just before the next rain, right? Yep, no, even before, any time. Because if you put it on property, you don't have to worry about it burning. So. Oh, is that right? Yep. As long as you don't drop it in heavy spots. Yep, you can put it on and you don't have to water it in right away. So, Excellent. All right, well, thanks, John. You're really helping the people, I'll tell you that. Trying to. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Listen. Take care, bud. Okay, take Bye-bye. care. Bye-bye. Thanks. All right, always great to hear from our friend John. And right now I'm going to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right. Seeing a few, um, I got a text here regarding tomatoes and and some funguses, and we're going to see a bit of that when we get these lots of moisture on the leaves. Um, we're going to see a bit of that, and if you're growing the bigger tomatoes, um, you want to make sure you have a calcium supplement in it. If you look at most of the good tomato foods, they'll have calcium in them and if you don't we do have the calcium supplement and we have a blossom end rot um, especially for tomatoes it's in a yellow container Um, it works great so if you're starting to see any of that if you're growing the bigger tomatoes you definitely need to uh, have that um, when you're growing because it'll make a big difference um, in the health and uh, your fruit, so that way when it finishes off nice, you don't get that end rot or the deformities of some of the fruit. Okay, I'm going to go to Al. He's been very patient. Good morning, Al. Good morning. How can I help you? Uh, I'm going to say uh, good morning, Pastor Merle from the Church of Let's Talk Gardening. <laughs> there you go. Uh, <laughs> very nice. Thanks, Al. How can I help you, sir? Okay, for the past three years, I've uh, put radishes in and carrots and such, and uh, I've always gotten smaller fruits out of it. And last year, I built bigger boxes, and I brought in a a load of the big yellow bag from... Yep, you like, yep. 
Okay, I've got that in. I planted, and I've been using the either Ridge Plus and the 50, 15, 30, 15. Yep. And the radishes, the foliage was up about a foot and a half. Yeah. And when I pulled them yesterday, because they had all gone to seed. Yeah. All I had is marbles for. Yeah, I think on that, depend what soil mix you got. Um, some of them are high, and that's the problem with some of these um, compost-based soils. They have they have too much nitrogen. And if you're growing right in them, and like I said, I'm not sure if you had the veggie mix or which one you got. It was the veggie mix. Yeah, it is. Sometimes with the manures, it always worries me, especially on the root crops. Um, there's too much nitrogen, and it bolts all the foliage up. I had the same issue, and I had some good size ones, but in my soil box, um, I got a bit too much just with the fresh soil. Radishes and potatoes and things, sometimes we, we hurt them with kindness too much. We give them too much um, nice stuff in the soil. They like the little bit older, poorer soil, and then you could add the phosphate to it, like the higher middle number. Yeah. Um, if you any, if they get the too much night, you're probably your foliage probably looked great though on your radishes. Like mine was oh. huge. Like it was just. Oh yeah, it's just huge. Yeah, yeah. That's unfortunately all this. So just use that soil again next year. Just turn it over. Um, and then hopefully a bunch of the nitrogen has been used up. And then even next year, maybe just use like a 0 10, 10 or something on some of your root crops like potatoes and uh, radishes and things like that and carrots. Try to avoid a bit of nitrogen if you're using that soil. It's great soil, but it is, it's a little high in the nitrogen sometimes for our root crops. Okay, there's still carrots and everything all going right now and so, onion. Yeah, so maybe hit, try and get some zero ten ten into them or or something like that, just uh, without the nitrogen. Okay. And, yeah, and this thin them out too. I, I and that's one thing I didn't do quick enough on my radishes as well and my beets. I didn't thin them out. Right. So that way it gives them a little bit more room to grow as well. Okay, very good. All right. I was, was going to plant up another row of radishes. Yeah, no, so do I, that. Yeah, try try another row, but do it in that same area because hopefully um, it's used up some of that. And then if you use some of that 0, 10, 10, just the phosphate in there. Because radishes, you still have lots of time to get another crop in. So, Okay. All right. Thanks, Al. Very good, sir. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. And I got to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. I'm going to go right to the phone lines and take Drew first. And then I'm going to chat with someone from down at the garden center about nematodes. But right now we're going to talk to Drew. Good morning, Drew. Good morning, Merle. Thanks for taking my call. I have a Manchurian ash question for you this morning. Okay, let her rip. Uh, really well-established tree, great root balls, fantastic growth. I love those trees because they, when they're nice and healthy, they almost look like a palm tree. Like they kind of have that nice sort of dangling leaves and stuff like that. It may be a bit of my imagination wishing, but I kind of get that feel. <laughs> and, and it was that gorgeous. The problem is it didn't come back this spring, and it was got about an 8-inch diameter no. trunk, about yeah. a 30 to 35-foot canopy height, yeah. and it just didn't come back. So I was just about thinking, thinking seriously about cutting the whole thing down because it looked dead. And about 10 days ago, the trunk started to bud out like crazy, so I've got over a dozen new uh, buds coming out, new branches. Uh, but nothing above four and a half, five Yeah, feet. so what happened is, again, ash trees 
um, columnar aspens, um, some of our fruit trees, emir cherries, mountain ash, and and some of the ornamental crabs. Last September, when we had that, it was still they still had leaves on them that were going in, and it went down to that minus fifteen to minus twenty, yep. depending on what areas. And it just freeze dried the the branches and it expand all the tissue in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the only thing I would try to do is possibly if it was pretty healthy before, try giving a really big dose of a few doses of Rage Plus because that's been known to push stuff up through and uh, give that a shot for the next month or so and see if you can get anything. Um, unfortunately, it would have been better to start this earlier in this in this in the summer but um if you want to try the rage plus to try and salvage it do i do that with a root feeder like the old scott system where you, plug yeah, it you, down in? you don't have to or you just just water it really well and just five gallon pails around the drip system like okay. around the drip and like uh sort of wherever the branches are at the end of the branches the drip line Okay, the last question would be, what do I do with all the dead growth? Can I just top it at about the five-foot mark? Because the, the branches are growing about eight inches a day. Yeah, I know, because all that energy is is going into from the roots. It's sort of, that's sort of the same method of when I recommend when we cut shrubs back, and we call it rejuvenation. And, and what will happen is you get all that new growth goes into all the energy from what it would normally put all up top is coming all out of the roots. Um, I'm just wondering, depending on how healthy it looks, because um, you're probably dealing with some pretty big trunks. It's yeah. just you, so what it's going to be. You're never going to have a tree again. You're going to have a, a big shrub, like okay. multi-stem. Um, so depending on how that looks, you, you could. How wide is it? Like where? Where the? What's the? It's caliper, just, like the caliper is about eight, eight and a half inches right now, where it's budding out. Okay, well that's not too bad. So, but yeah, you can. Like you said, either try the Rage Plus at the same time and see if you can get anything pushing up higher. Right. And if you don't, then this in the fall we just cut it as far up as uh, as where it went. So it might be worth a try. But wait till the fall to cut the old dead top. Yeah, if you're gonna try either that or just say if you're willing to just to cut it today. And and not try the Rage Plus, then just cut it now, and then it's better that way because you're not wasting the energy in trying to push up into it um, without the Rage Plus. But the only way I'd do that was with Rage Plus because it, I've seen it work so good on on big birch trees and things like that. Um, Here's kind of a small thought. I I was thinking of doing both because if I Rage Plus it and it's growing as well as it is right now, I'm worried <laughs> that when I take the top off it in the fall, I could literally break some of the new growth. So I was thinking I might as well just take the top dead off. Yep. Yeah, no. If that's if 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 it's if there's absolutely nothing up there, then absolutely, yeah, just just cut it off and uh, just tr- just sort of, I guess, don't leave it this flat. If you can go at a bit of an angle, would be okay. better, so that way it can try to heal. It's just hard to heal when you get a big cut like that, right? Just on the top, right? So thanks so much, Merle. All right, thanks, Drew. Bye now. Good luck. Bye bye. Yeah, that's awful, and unfortunately, those are some of the things that uh, we deal with. Here in the gardening world in Calgary, it's uh, we have some nasty times. But right now, I'm going to go to the phone lines, and I'm going to chat. I think it's Brad from Spruce It Up. Good morning, Brad. Good morning, Merle. How are you? Good, good. Usually, you're the bird man, but right now, we're yeah. going to be the <laughs> nematode man. So, yeah, sure. so we got um, 
we got a few different nematodes, and that seems to be coming into into fashion now, into the gardening. They're developing some new products for us um, that will help combat um, some of the some of the bugs that we deal with, like cinches and grubs, and uh, and also the birch leaf miner. Because I've gotten, I probably have six, seven calls. And pictures of birch trees on the text line right now of people with just the brown leaves on the birch leaf miner. So maybe give us a little rundown on what the, what nematodes are and what they do and uh, how will they help us in our battles. Yeah, for sure. Um, nematodes are like a living organism and uh, they will attack um, the miners. And it, uh, the one that we carry is guardian for birch leaf miner, but it also works on elder and elm leaf miner as well. And um, basically, it's a, a living organism you mix in water. And so you mix it in our little package in about a one liter thing of water. And it comes in a little foamy. And then you squeeze that foamy, wring it out, you know, five yeah. times to get it all in so there. So the and organism's you, in like a little sponge. In a of, little sponge, yes. yeah. Okay. And you put that into one liter of water. And then that one liter of water all mixed up can give you 15 to 20 liters of solution. That okay, you so apply. from the sponge, you squeeze it into water, and that creates a concentrate, and then you mix it again into larger amounts of water. Yes, okay. 15 to 20 liters is what they're saying. And then you apply what you would do <clears throat> under your birch tree or whatever you're treating, um, water really well under the tree and one foot out from the drip line. Water that really well because <clears throat> the the leaf, or sorry, the uh, control uses the water channels to move around and to find its prey so it needs the water to basically travel okay so uh, similar to when we talk about fertilizer and get get the water into the tree first get it get it sort of like yeah. intravenous or like iv for someone if they're in uh, in the hospital so very similar if i'm looking for an analogy of uh, how it works yes uh, yeah exactly um the key to it though with your first application is try to do it right before the buds break. Um, that's when the, the miners climb, climb up the tree, get into the leaf, and then they get in between the upper and lower epidermis and lay their egg. And then it takes, I don't know, they say can be as quick as like six days, but up to two weeks. And then they, the larvae that are hatched will eventually drop to the ground, and then they go into the ground, and that's where they pupate and become the sawfly. Okay. So if you, in the spring, early spring, um, before there's any leaves or whatever, you can use the tanglefoot paste. You paste that all around that tree. So before the miners are active and going to start trying to climb the tree, the tanglefoot paste, that sticky stuff, yeah. will, will prevent that. And isn't there another nematode that you use in the spring as well, or is it the same one? Same one. Okay. Yeah, I, and I double-checked that with the people we get them from. So it is the same one, and when you do it again, you should do it like late June or early July. Right now, you can do an application under the tree if you like, and it will help for sure, but the best time is early spring, right when the buds are going to break, and then late June, early July. Right now, if, you got, if you're fairly infested, it'll help get rid of them. You're still going to have the brown leaves. You won't be able to get rid of the brown yeah. leaves, unfortunately, but it will help um, get rid of the bugs inside there, so it's still a good idea. And, and also hitting it with, uh, like I heard you just before with the caller, hitting it with Rage Plus to help push nutrients up through the tree. Yeah. 
<clears throat> lots of water and cooler root system is what a birch loves. They love lots of water, cooler roots, and then like you said, you've seen trees that kind of look dead on the top. You you hit it. Yeah, it's amazing what we've seen with the Rage Plus on birch trees, and it's just uh, th- that combination. They love the the birch tree loves whatever mix Sheldon has in that Rage Plus because, like I said, there's we have some pictures and we'll and uh, of the tree where it's a third gone and it pushed life back into it. So for sure. And I went through the same thing. I don't know if I was too late on my, my leaf miner treatment or, or what the deal was, but about two, three weeks ago, I added a bunch of rage and now it's starting to button right to the top again. Like I, it's like, it's hard to believe until you see it with your own eyes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. And so that's the birch, birch leaf miner nematode. So when we say it's uh so it's almost like a, not like a fungus, but it's just like a mini organism that's yeah. alive in the, in the sponge. So what you're doing is we're just activating it when you add it to water. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then what about when you, okay, so now we have one for cinch bug for the lawn and grubs. So what, what does that work on the same same idea. It needs the water and what it is, the, it's a little bit of a different packaging. It comes in little sacks. And again, you mix that with water as well. And then you just like under the drip line or, or, or sorry, all through your lawn. But yeah. you have to pre-mix it. And then you can use um, a hose end sprayer. I'm just not sure with the little sacks for like the cinch bug one. I think you're better with the watering can. I, I agree. Then you get the water right where you need it. You just mix yeah. the right concentration and then uh, pour it into those affected areas and... Uh... Yeah, and go and from there. Lots of water because, like I said earlier, that's how they travel. If okay. it dries out, the the control dries out. Okay. And so, what other? There's. I, I thought there were. There, isn't there three kinds from uh, of the yeah, nematodes? Have, yeah, the birch leaf miter one we have, and then we also have the uh, cinch bug, like you just said, and then we have one that's for grubs. Yeah. And it's just, the grub is just like the one for cinch. Same idea. And the, uh, the for the grub, is it safe to use in the garden and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah, none of the none of the nematodes will hurt anything like pets or kids or food, um, and that's coming right from natural insect control. Okay, okay, perfect. All right, well, we're we're all that is in fully stock, and the the ones for the birch leaf miner need to be kept cool, so we have them in the fridge. So if you if you're coming out to the garden center, you just have to um, ask where we have those. Uh, is that fridge still in the cash shack, or is it in the other? Tool nope, shed there. It, it's in the tool shed right across from the cash shack. You can see it when you walk up to it. Okay. So feel free to grab it, and then you pay just behind you. And uh, yeah, you you should be good to go. So get your Rage Plus and some nematodes, and uh, let's try and help save some birches. No <laughs> All right. Well, while we got you, we got a minute or two left before I have to break anyway. So we might as well chat about. So what's what's going on with the birds? Seeing lots of neat birds right now. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. No, it's. Uh, like that early early May to right about now, a lot of birds that come through basically uh, breed through here. Like, for example, out in the tree lot, we've had, of course, robins, but they breed everywhere. Um, then you have the American goldfinch. That's the nice yellow bird. They, they will breed through here. The uh, uh, bohemian waxwings, they will <clears throat> breed here. We've had all those nests here this year. Canada geese we've had as well in our, in yeah, our yard in the here. tree lot. So yeah. well, it seems like I'm seeing some of the waxwings hanging in. I don't know if they reuse a robin's nest or something, but I don't know if that's common or... They have. They have. Um, but they typically make their own as well. But they will use a robin's nest. And the reason they're hanging around 
a little bit longer too is now all the berries are popping on our, on our fruit trees and yeah. tree lots. So yeah. they're, 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 they're getting a good meal with all of the cherry trees and the crab apples and <clears throat> that sort of thing. And then as soon as, uh, I don't know, maybe another month, then they start heading yeah, I, I know it's hard to believe that we can already start talking about that the bad yeah. word, the winter word. Is yeah. uh, we start on our downhill. We're just finally going to get some summer weather this coming week. So, yeah. um, it's crazy. All right. Well, thanks, Brad, and uh, thanks for the information on the nematodes. That's great, Sounds and uh, it's nice to see some newer products coming out that uh, help on that birch leaf miner because it is decimating our canopy here in Calgary. Yeah. One thing, one real quick one. Yeah. We also offer on our prune it up team. If they, people want to do it, we have a triazin injection where yep. they inject your tree, and you get that done about, <clears throat> from my understanding, every couple of years, and it makes a big difference as well. But you have to hire a professional like our pruning team, and they come and they inject your tree, and it, it, it does it, That really, needs to really be well. done early in the season, correct? Yeah, like that's early, in early right May before, or something like that? Right before the buds break, yes. Perfect. All yeah. right. Thanks again, Brad. Yeah. Okay, take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right, and I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines, and I'm going to talk to James. Good morning, James. Okay, Merle, thanks for taking my call. I'm calling about half caps. Okay. Last, last year, I read about them and I decided to take out the hedge on the south side of the house and put in nine hash caps. Yeah. But I didn't want to do it because I'm 87 years old then. And <laughs> I, I asked, uh, I, in the homeowners association, I asked the lawn guys if they would do it. No, no, but they recommended Brad Bosch Lawn and Garden and I made the mistake of letting those fraud fraudster incompetent guys do it they uh, they said well they quoted two gallon and i said well is there a bigger one because it'll you know bear sooner yeah five gallon but they'll cost you thirty dollars each i thought well okay i'll blow 270 bucks for the five gallons well they uh, planted one in sand and gravel and it died and i went to you last summer and got a replacement and one question is yep. what what was it because i had i had asked him for borealis and aurora and he put in six borealis and three other ones i can't remember the name anyway i went into you and and you didn't have five gallons so i bought a two gallon and one question is uh, what what was it and this would have been in july of last year yeah, well, we would we typically carry a few of the varieties, so I wouldn't oh, know exactly which okay. ones. Yeah, so because okay. there's a few, and then a lot of them we do a combination one for people that don't have quite as much space. Where so that way they can um, ah have the yeah. Yeah, I that way you get the yeah. cross pollination without having to have yeah. a bunch of shrubs. Yeah. Well, anyways, uh, they they jerks uh, destroyed the three of the watering things that were in that flower bed and uh, they replaced the three watering things this spring for me yep the, the lawn and garden guys and uh, 
now there's another one that looks peaked and dying. Should I bring it in or should I? Yeah, I, what I would do is if, if they didn't, if the soil really didn't get amended, just ensure that it's getting good water. The first year or two, they just they really just need to make sure they're getting good water. Like oh, just that the slow water, deep. The, the one that's dying is right by the watering thing. Okay. Um, yeah. Depending on how much the lawn goes on, because if you're just using the sprinklers, like if it's on for that 10 minutes at a time, the water yeah. doesn't get down into the roots, though. So you just need to throw uh, a hose on it. And that's with yeah. anybody. If you planted new trees and shrubs, and yeah. I hear this lots, like the yeah. irrigation, the irrigation water is the first inch or two, and that's it. So you got to yeah. throw the hose on there, just a slow trickle. Well, and all the others are doing great. Yeah, it just it might be a different, a little bit different type of soil in that one spot. Yeah, it exactly. just might need a little extra boost. And yeah. those like fifteen thirty fifteen for a fertilizer. Yeah, no, I I got the fertilizer from okay. you, the liquid stuff Perfect. last year. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, and if they if it doesn't do well, you can bring it back. But I would just just ensure it's getting a little extra water, especially heading into this heat. So. Okay, thank you. Oh, last question. Yes. Uh, do you have something that I can put on the rest of the bed so I don't have to weed it all the time? Yeah, we have lots of mulch. We have diff three to four different kinds of bark mulch you could use. Okay. Um, that works good. Or we have a yeah. greened up soil enhancement that you can put on thick, and it'll definitely help keep the weeds down, and it also adds a lot of nourishment if you like that soil yeah. look. Yeah, I, I think I'd opt for that. Okay, thank you very much. All right, sir. thank you, sir. Take I'll care. Be in. Yeah, bye. bye, bye. All right, and I got a little bit of time here. I'm going to go to. Ooh, Donna's been waiting longer. Good morning, Donna. Oh, good morning, Merle. Um, yes, I, had, I have a couple questions. Okay. Um, with that storm that we had on Thursday, I have a big old uh, box elder in my backyard. And anyway, it shredded like lots of the leaves, but also those seeds came off too. Yeah. Will they germinate? Most likely, yeah. If the, it's if it's that Manitoba maple, the yeah, box elder, yeah. yeah, you'll get lots of those. Yeah, well, I I mean, I tried to pick them up, but I know they germinate in of, the fall. Do you have lots of hail damage in your yard? Uh, spare bit. I, my uh, host, or my hostas and my cannas got shredded. The leaves. Do you got... want some help to clean it up? If I give you a one eight one eight hundred got junk gift card to help pile up, and you can get it hauled away for you. Well, I got most of it done already. All right. <laughs> I, would you I, like the gift card? Would you use sure, it for anything else? Okay. Sure. All right. Well, I'm going to give you, from our good friends at 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and we're going to give you a $100 gift card that you can use to clean up any of that uh, oh, awesome. junk in your, your house or wherever, just to purge or get rid of some stuff. Oh, and yeah, I, just, I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So so what I'll do, Donna, is I'll just put you on hold. and uh, we'll, get well, I have you. one more question. Okay. Can I? Okay. Also, I, I in my backyard because I have a very old. I live. My house was built in '56. I have the very old hop stein. Yeah. And um, a lot of people want uh, slips off of it. So I've been trying to take it from the root because it's 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 kind of invasive actually because it grows like crazy in my yep. place. And when I I'm having trouble like when I. Um, Pick the or pick up the roots, I should say, or transplant them. People that I give them to, they have trouble with them growing. Yeah, it's hard to pull them up from the roots in the summertime. They don't, they don't, they don't do well that way. You're better even to take cuttings okay. and, and start cuttings. Like get a tray, like 
even if you get like an egg tray or come and get a, a like a seed tray with the little spots, fill it with soil and dip them into like a number one or number two a rooting hormone. Okay. And just make sure there's a node at the bottom, like a joint, like a leaf joint. Right. And if you have that in there, then I would just create cuttings that way. If you're just trying to dig them up out of the ground, they won't work. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what. But, yeah. No. Yeah, I was. I wasn't sure if uh, like doing the the cuttings would work better. No, yeah. it won't. Alrighty, okay. so I'm just gonna put you on hold and Thank congratulations you. again. You're the recipient of a one eight hundred got junk hundred dollar gift card. And I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines and talk with Christine. Good morning, Christine. Hi. Um, I um, have a problem. It's not in my garden. It's a local seniors activity centre. Okay. Two beautiful rose bushes, or at least they did. One of them, um, the leaves are just eaten to shreds. And <clears throat> I put, I cut a small branch off. Oh, these people think that I know the answers to everything, but I don't. <laughs> I know where to get the answers yeah, for everything. So. Uh, on those, it's probably, it's either the, there's a wasp that is, like the cutter wasp right now is going through and and is and is affecting a lot of the roses. And we've just gone through our, sort of our budworm and our caterpillar season, so as well, so. Okay, well, um, when I cut the, off this, ro- of the red one, um, all these little black things came off. They didn't move. So I'm assuming they're eggs. They're yeah. black. Okay. It very well could be um, an aphid in there. Are they right in all the new growth, like near the ends? Well, I don't know. They just kind of Oh, just fell off. off? Yeah. Yeah, it's it'd be hard to tell. Um, the best thing on some of that stuff, if you're able to text a picture into the same number you just called or put them into a, like a sandwich bag, like a Ziploc bag and you can bring them down to the garden center and we can have a look at it. But one of the best products for roses, and I've had a couple texts too on powdery mildew, um, Pure Spray Green works really good on aphids and and a lot of the pests that affect our roses. Um, Pure Spray Green was used um, commercially for a number of years way before we got into the retail. Like for the last 30 years, it's been used in growing um, commercial roses and also the wine industry has been using it on their grapes because it works really well on preventing a lot of those pests. And it's not a harsh chemical, but it also works really well on powdery mildew. So, Okay, I don't, I don't think it's powdery mildew. No, it's that one isn't powdery mildew, but... Um, it, it would just be one of the a couple little paths. We've just gone through. Roses are notorious. Like, uh, like I very rarely ever see a perfect rose leaf all summer long. Like they, like we love them, and so do the pests. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one, the yellow rose, I cut a piece yeah. off that. They're always in Ziploc bags because I don't want them in yeah. my garden. There's a little brown bug, which is about two, three millimeters long, and it it's it must have hatched out, but it's crawling around the bag. Yeah. I said probably just have a beetle. Like, again, I would, if you could, just bring it down to the garden center, and either Chris or myself is down there. You can show them, and we can... Uh, 
have a look at that and uh, and go from there. Yeah, with this pure spray green, we, would you have to spray the underside of the yes, leaves? Yes, yes. Oh, my golly. Yeah, but we have a good mister sprayer. Like, you just hook it on, and actually you can just... Just give it a good mist, and it just sends the mist in, in, into there and looks after it. So, Okay. But, I, I, you know, I've been listening while I've been on hold, and it seems to me that they should um, they should give it a good fertilize. Absolutely. 15-30-15, roses love that. They like 20-20-20 as well. Um, roses are fairly heavy feeders, and deadhead, cut off any of the dead branching and make sure you deadhead throughout the summer. Yeah, I'm... I'm a thing on deadhead, and I'm deadheading my own garden. Yeah, I do it every morning. I go for a little walk through the garden, yeah. and I uh, deadhead all my baskets as I'm watering. Yeah. And uh, that way it just keeps it's not a big job. I just sort of, if I do it every morning, it makes it a lot easier. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I do in mine. But, um, of course, with not so many people going to the activity center, it's not being done so much. no. And that's, yeah, right now we're going through that. So, but that's a good way to physical distance, right? No one else is there. You can go and someone can go hang out by themselves and do some deadheading. Yes, that's there, an idea. There you go. Well, all thank right. You. Thank you Thanks so much. Bye bye. Bye. All right. And actually, I might as well just take a break right now. And uh, when I get back, I'll hit the phone lines again and some text. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening, and I'm going to go to Cheryl. I apologize, Cheryl. I haven't tried not to get people into the 42-minute wait period, So, but thank um, you for your patience. That's okay. How are you? Good, good. How can we help good. you? Well, we transplanted a really huge spruce trees last year onto a berm. Yeah. They're 20, 21 feet high. Yeah. And one of the 13 on the berm, it looks like it's dying. Yeah. And our question is to you. We had extra mulch, and we ended up putting mulch nearby. It's actually near the drip line. Yeah. Could that mulch have caused that? No. Um, were these live transplants, like you did with a tree spade or, or yeah, with a basket? Yeah, huge, huge tree spade. Yeah, it just... And they were only out of the ground for like 30 minutes. Yeah, no, no. It just sometimes maybe that one didn't get enough water or just didn't like what happened. It, it does happen. Um, unfortunately, you always don't get a hundred percent success rate. Um, so I would, uh, probably just look at removing that one and plunk another one in this fall. Yeah. Some, with all the fertilizer and stuff we've been giving them, uh, we started with Wurzel and then 105210. Yeah. And there is a little mix, bit of new growth yeah, in the center. Don't, don't mix those two together. Like, uh-huh. either do one or the other. Because you, if you're using the Wurzel drip, which is similar to, like, a mycorrhiza, um, and if you use too much of the other 105210, it stops that other stuff from working. No, so, yeah, no, we didn't use them at the same time. Okay, okay. Um, yeah. You're not going to get a ton of growth. Uh, you'll get some new growth the first season, um, but it's gone into shock, right? It's You've taken a whole bunch of its roots, so right now it's concentrated on the roots, not so much up top. Yeah, all right. And you'll the, it takes a couple months before, like a spruce will sit for a while before it shows that it's dying, right? 
So then that's probably why you're seeing that one. You're starting to see it. So just yeah. ensure you have the drip system in there, getting that slow, deep watering, especially when you live transplant because you have a huge root ball that you've dug up. So you got to get the water down down nice and deep. So you got to use the the best thing is that drip tube, like with the emitter and leave yeah, it on. Yeah, we do that. And Perfect. then we also use a little spray hose. Yep. Yeah, if you just leave the emitter on for, like I said, eight hours, sort of once a week, um, we'll give it lots. Okay. All right. All right. Well, I guess we'll just wait for a little bit of time if we can't do anything till fall anyway. Yeah, you have to wait because can't, we can't do live transplants and stuff until fall till the spruce trees start going dormant again. So A 20-foot? Can you do a 20-foot, yeah. uh, 21-foot again in Yeah, in the fall. Fall? Yep. Yep, okay. absolutely. You just have to wait till they harden all off again and they start downloading, and then we can start moving, digging trees again in the fall. Okay, and then we got hailed the other day. Yeah. Really bad. Um, a whole lot of other spruce. We've got like 79 of them, I think, in the yard. Yeah. A whole lot of other ones. The leaders have come off or just some of the branches. Yeah, now, it's I don't best, get around to breaking yeah, it's them best uh, if you could get through and have someone go through and prune them all up, clean up a lot of those wounds and uh, and cut off the broken branches and stuff. Yeah. Okay, appreciate it. All right, thank have you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Um, and where are we at? I'm going to go up to Sheila. Good morning, Sheila. Hello, Merle. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I talked to you about three weeks ago about transplanting primulas. Yes. Now my question is um, about rabbits and deer eat, <laughs> <laughs> eating my uh, lavatera, the the perennial, not yeah. sorry, the annual lavateras, yeah. which have big, huge white and and pink blooms. Yeah. And I typically won't plant them in the front yard because we live in Riverbend, close to Carbon Park, so they come up. The deer come up through. We have a really, really good product that you can use right on your flowers. It's called Bobax. Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask you because we had bought a product many years ago that was recommended called Plant Skid. Yeah, and it's blood, and that one is used for more trees and shrub, like even not even shrubs, but trees on the bark. It's okay. it's blood based, and it gives you a, a ugly red tinge, like it's yeah. kind, it, it gets blood, like it's so right. it's kind of gross. Um, so Bobex works much better. It's a herb-based product, and actually you can spray it right on the flowers. And it usually lasts a month oh, um, really? unless we get heavy, heavy rain, right. and then you need to reapply. But if you if you just sort of set it, do it once a month during the flower season, like you can spray it right on your flowers, and it, it works great. And it, do you have to mix it with anything? Or just-, just water. You can oh. either get ready to use or... Or you can get concentrate. If you right. got a lot to do, I would typically buy a good sprayer and and the concentrate because it's a lot less expensive that way. Well, I don't put many in my front yard anymore because of that reason. But I, I was thinking yeah. for shirts, dear, but... My it works on the nice thing is in Canada because it costs so much for us to um, register any of our chemicals or fertilizers in Canada. The product Bobex, like in the states, there's like four or five different strengths of Bobex. Like they have one for rabbits, one for one for deer, one for whatever, right? right? But in Canada, because it's so expensive and we don't have as many people, we get the strongest one. So it's it's great. So it's a multi-use. Okay, so, so that's the best would- one. It would work if it rabbits deer doing yeah. it because <laughs> it, it looks like someone came along with a fine scissor and just snipped all the tops. They're, like every bloom is gone. Yeah, 
Yeah, so I, maybe it's rabbits because we don't see any deer poop in the yard lately. Yeah, no, it's either rabbits or that. Um, so I would definitely try to use the, the Bobex and you'll have good luck. Okay. All right? Okay, thanks. It Rob. works great. It works really, really good. It just smells quite awful at first, um, but it also uh, tastes really bad. So, um, But that's what keeps them away. Okay, well, we, we use the the deer, the plant skid about every three days, but obviously that's not deterring if it's rabbits. Because no, and, the, and that you can't spray on your flowers and stuff. It only, it, it goes on the trees and stuff, so, or around the perimeter, so. Bobex, and you sell it at yeah. your. Yes, we do. At your store, okay. Awesome, thank you. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break here, and when we get back, we'll finish up the show. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs, and I'm going to go right to the phone lines. We're going to chat with Marie. Good morning, Marie. Good morning, Merle. How can I help you? Um, um, I just sent you uh, an email, a picture of my red currant. Okay, yeah, I've seen that. And, um, and I'm wondering what's doing that. What you have there, unfortunately, is uh, there, it's a blister aphid in there. Oh. and it, The currants get that quite a bit. It's an aphid that gets into the leaf, and it's sort of like a, a birch leaf miner, but it's just a different one that affects the cranberries and currants and things. Mm-hmm. What, what can they do with it? Um, well, it's hard right now. It does take a systemic. So early in the spring, is what, it's important to spray with ambush. Okay. Yeah. And uh, before you see any of the damage, sort of, and when they first leaf out, when everything's nice and soft, if you just sort of treat them once a week with the ambush, and it's a permethrin, so it's it, it, it's it's a safer product, and uh, and then that'll help with that. So I would just pull some of the really badly affected leaves off. Okay, yeah, when I turn them over, it looks like really fine tan-colored, yeah. Well, aphids, I guess. Yeah, no, and they're right in there. They're right in the leaf, unfortunately. So okay, okay. So there's, uh, so wait until spring. Yeah, and just right now, just pull off any of the excessive ones that are really bad. Okay. All, All right. right. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. Bye And where are we at? We're gonna go to Donna. Good morning, Donna. Hi, Donna. Hello, but I'm on hold for the. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, but I'm on hold for the um, gift oh, card. Oh, did you... Okay, uh, actually, Liam, can you get her information and take it for that 1-800-GOT-JUNK? Sorry, he missed you there. I'll put you back on hold. <laughs> I thought I'd go, I thought I already talked to Donna about hail. All right. Yeah, All yeah. Right. Thanks, Donna. Bye. Uh, okay, bye. I'll put you back on hold there, and uh, Liam will get your information. <laughs> go back up to Joyce. Good Hi, morning, Joyce. Merle. How are you? Good, good. How can I help you? I'm wondering when to transplant peonies and lady slippers. Yeah, peonies don't like to be transplanted, so I would either do it early spring. Okay. And but and really important to keep them at the same level. Yep. Yeah. And because they do not like it, so okay. it sounds like you're cutting some trees down, or somebody is. Oh, my neighbor's doing his landscaping Sunday morning. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um. Yeah, and same with the lady slipper. They don't mind it as much, but again, if you can wait till spring, okay. um, is better. Just mark where you where they are. Yeah. 
Um, or if you if you want to move them in the fall, you, you can as well. But you get I find you have better success if you do it early spring. Okay, sounds and, good. All right. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you so much. Thanks. All right, and right now I'm just going to go through. I got quite a few texts. If you want to get a last call in, I probably have time to take one or two more. Here's one on there at uh, 403-974-8255. If you want to get one quick one in, I can probably squeeze you in. And uh, right now I got, hi, I planted three lilac bushes, three to four feet from pots into my garden about three weeks ago. How much water should they be getting in this hot weather? Lilacs take a fair bit. So what I would do is this weather coming up, I would, uh, I like to make sure I have mulch around all my trees and shrubs after I plant them. If, but if you don't as well, even if you do, I like to water two to three times a week at least, um, slow, deep watering. So probably those lilacs are going to be a foot to two feet um, deep the pots, put the hose on there for four or five hours. It's a slow, slow trickle. So it just soaks right in, gets that root ball nice and wet. And if you do that two or three times a week, you should be fine. Um, so I'd really ensure that people do that, especially going into this hot, hot weather, um, newly planted caliper trees, things like that. And what's really important is the first couple days of transplanting, the first week, ensuring that it gets its water. So right now I'm going to go to Terry. And uh, and see what I can help. Hi, Terry. Hey, how are you doing? Good, good. How can I help you? Good. I put new sod in last year okay. in my front yard, and it was coming out really nice and thick and green. And then this year, I tried your new fertilizer that you yep. suggest that has a good root system. Yep. And uh, all of a sudden, every all the uh, green grass is being uh, growing sparse. And by the window, by the foundation, it's all drying up. And and, and, uh, and what that is, it's just because it's too close to the house. So those areas you need to either, like I typically I wouldn't put sod right up against the house. I'd either do a bed because it's just it, the, the sun hits that and then reflects down and it just dries it. So you just have to apply more water in those drying spots. Okay. Another thing is that the tips of the grass blades have white on it, and I don't have an, I don't have a clue what is that or what's causing that. Mind you, I don't get the full sun in my yard because I got yeah. Two so and I was just gonna say, it sounds like you might get a little bit of uh, of just the a bit of fungus on there. So just um, how long do you leave your grass? Uh, well, about a week. Okay. Right now we're going through our, our sort of, we just went through our sort of our wet season and some of the shady areas you'll get a little bit of that, sort of like a powdery mildew on there. So just maybe just cut an, a little bit more often. Um, and now that we're past our, our wet season, that will definitely help because it's just water sitting on the foliage. And then just ensure that you're doing slow, deep watering for your grass. Like um, so if you have irrigation, set it for... Like on the days that you water, like twice a week, if you do it at 6 in the morning, do it for 20 minutes and then do it an hour later for 20 minutes. And that way the water gets down nice and deep and you'll see a big difference when our fertilizer will kick in and get the roots down nice and deep. You'll have to water about half as much. Would I be okay in uh, putting grass seed all over the lawn? You shouldn't have to. If you if, if you give it another application of the lawn fertilizer, it should thicken up. If you just sodded last year, you should be fine. Uh, you shouldn't have to reseed. 
and not with the first number as being the high number. Yep, 16326 is perfect. 16326? Yep. Okay. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. You're welcome. All right. Well, that's it for us this week, Um, and we'll be here again next week to get our garden on here on 770 CHQR.